Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomast. I am back. I do apologize for missing out last week. I was out of town and was not in a, a good place to uh, do recording here, but uh, I am back for this week, and this is episode 171, so got some good topics here. No, it's here. not. Well, 172. Ah. 171 happened ah. without you, sir. That's right. 172. I apologize. So, episode 172, and let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Sir Izel. Hi, I'm Sir Izel. I am uh, barely awake right now, um, so I'm going to uh, go from, uh, coming off of last week, I'm going to go to my back to my usual thing of saying a couple things here and there, but more or less just tuning out the whole time. Well, like you said, you did basically 12 months worth of actual work for the show in one week, so, you know, you're probably good for the next, you know, 365 days or so, right? Yeah? Okay, Bait, you're yeah. man. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Bait, and uh, I'm ashamed to pick up a guitar ever again, thanks to Jay. What, do you want to explain to people what, what he had you watch? Yeah, dude, so, so Jay sent me this link. He said, he, he said, he said, he said, Bait, I've got the most amazing thing. It's going to be fucking righteous when you see this. It's got to do with the guitar. I said, okay. So, what is it, like two minutes, you know, after he says that, or a minute and a half later, he links me this video. Of, of Stevie Ray Vaughan, right, walking into soundcheck, drunk and stoned, out of his mind, and he goes up and he throws his, his guitar on, he like picks his nose and rubs his face, he just starts going to town during a soundcheck. It was awesome. Absolutely awesome. All right, sounds pretty good. And Jay, you're up. Yep. Hey, guys. Um, this is Jay. I'm back this week. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about uh, kind of where, where I've been and what I've been doing uh, towards the back end of the show. Uh, but suffice to say, it was uh, it was well worth being gone. Uh, so the only thing I got for 172, uh, that is actually the year that uh, the Romans uh, with Marcus Aurelius crossed into the, the inner part of Germany into the Danube. And that's where they subdued all the uh, all the tribes there in Germany, which is for all you non-history cats. That was the opening scene of Gladiator. That was the last battle of that campaign. Uh, was what you saw in that first like ten minutes of Gladiator. Uh, so that's my uh, that's my shout out to the number one seventy two. Uh, and also, I yeah, I, I'll say I'll save it for the end. But uh, yeah, I had to had to shoot uh, shoot bait something uh, f- from home there that I thought he'd like a little bit. All right. That's it, guys. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, and I'm Pokey Drapin. Uh, obviously, help the show here. And uh, yeah, so I'm back. Like I said, for this week, uh, I'll explain my plans for next week uh, later in the show. But uh, let's get started here. So let's start off with some uh, movie reviews. Bait, you went and saw uh, Valerian of a Thousand Planets, right? I unfortunately did go see Valerian, the City of a Thousand Planets, a garbage fire of a movie. Uh, so, so basically, I mean, visually, it, it was nice. It, it really was. And I enjoyed looking at the different environments. Um, and I was kind of intrigued by the story, though it was really predictable. Um, the thing that annoyed me the most, Jay, maybe you can help me out here. Uh, I, I don't know how true this is to the comics, but like, so the opening after you get through the the first like it's, it's got to be like twenty minutes uh, where you see like movies been out so I'm just going to unspoil you see so some aliens like get killed or something it might be the first thirty minutes you see like this entire race of aliens get killed or some shit uh, just fucking annihilate uh, some of them survive uh, so I guess they didn't get completely killed anyway 
So after you see all that, it opens up to Valerian. He's laying on the chair, whatever. Then uh, fucking what's-her-face, whoever his partner is, uh, come on, and they start flirting. Right? I thought, oh, okay, this is just going to happen once. No, no, throughout the whole movie, they're constantly flirting. And it's really cheesy, and it's really annoying. It happens, it seems, like every five fucking minutes. Um, and, you know, if that's part of the character, fine. But maybe tone it down a little bit for the, for the, for the movie. Uh, is it like that in the comics? Um, no. Uh, okay. So the the actual comic and the comic has been out for a, a pretty pretty long a long time. Like back in the, I think maybe early seventies is uh, is as far back as it goes. And it was it was a European comic originally. It was uh, French language only, and uh, it is definitely a. Big, huge space opera. There's time travel, like all kind of all kind of stuff going on. If you imagine, like, kind of a a super hip, like '70s Buck Rogers kind of kind of thing, that was sort of it. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm trying to trying to bridge some things you guys might be might have seen to kind of understand where the comic was, but it was also a very adult comic too. It was imagine kind of those classic like uh, British black and whites, you know, not quite judge dread over the top there, but getting in that, in that zone in terms of kind of the, you know, the age bracket that it was talking to. Uh, it was definitely, uh, definitely different uh, in terms of how, how it was framed. Now I haven't seen the movie bear in mind, but I can tell you the comic would like I said, very long running about a thousand, you know, crazy storylines going on in it the the thing is though that the characters are definitely different i could i could tell that very quickly so in the comics valerian is um i mean he looks like in your mind he looks like buck rogers i mean he's you know like tall dark haired chiseled you know bit you know he looks like a space cop you know what i mean the exact opposite of what uh, yeah exactly is in this movie apparently absolutely yes. does not look like that kid that that desperately wants to be Tom Holland. Um, that yeah, I mean that's I mean dead serious. I mean that that's that's kind of the that's kind of the thing. He's in a weird way he's he's a little bit of Johnny Bravo. Like he I mean if you think of that character he's a little uh, bit kind of like that. Uh, but it's but it's done very very well. Like he is uh, like a bit definitely a bit misogynistic. Uh, and then uh, Laureline or Laureen, Laureline, uh, she is pretty, uh, she, she, she's pretty, a pretty strong character actually in a, with this kind of comic booky James Bond-esque, French James Bond space cop character. She really holds her own pretty well. Uh, but it, it's, again, they play off a lot of these different things. And there's, there's a lot of kind of adult tension, you know, kind of, you know, sexy tension stuff that goes on in there. So I, they may have gotten some of that right, but just, I mean, it took me about seven seconds into the trailer to figure out I wasn't going to watch this movie just based on how yeah. the characters look. He's just like, and you know, he's just a dick throughout the whole movie. Uh, Valerian was. Uh, and it, it was like, it, it, you know, like I said, it seemed like every five seconds, he was like, oh my God, will you marry me or whatever? I want to be with you for the rest of my life and all this other nonsense. And it just carried through the whole movie. Uh, and whenever they were together, you know, that, that always, 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 always came up. It's just like, oh, my God, move the fuck on. Uh, and, you know, and at the back of my mind, I'm sitting there thinking, well, maybe that's how he is in the comic. But, but you know, I, I don't think it is. And it doesn't seem to be from from the way that Jay is, is describing it. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. 
I didn't like it. Okay, it did it look good? good? Yeah, no, it looked great. It looked like a it, all the environments were really pretty. They were visually appealing. Even the, the alien races uh, were, were interesting. And when they're going through, they're at the um, I forget what they called it, but uh, the, the different sectors uh, on the on the space station uh, Alpha, I think it is, right? Uh, where they're going through and they're showing you, okay, this group of, of species lives here, and you know they kind of fly you, you know, through the fungal forests and through the um, like the the, the technological uh, sector, and then under the water, it, it was all nice to look at. It was like, oh, cool, I, I want to see a movie, you know, set in there or set here, this, that, and the other. Okay, so all right, that was. Nice. Gun to your head, gun to your balls. What would you say the actual plot of the movie was? So I got a gun to my and a gun to my balls. The the plot of the movie was um oh shit um uh they killed some some uh, some Caminoans and uh, that's not good. They're really pissed off and they need their little uh, their lizard that like helps them live. Okay, all uh, right, stop, stop. I got and one. And the captain stole it. All right, so if if I just want I just want everybody to catch this. So this is how this is how we do movie reviews here in the uh, in the in the inner sanctum. So I just said, bait, gun to your head, gun to your balls. What do you think the story was? He would have lost either his brains or his nuts right there, because <laughs> you cannot follow what is going on in that movie. <laughs> no, you you really can't. Like the first the first maybe forty five minutes is. Uh, like it opened up on the the alien world before they killed everyone. I'm thinking, what the fuck is this movie? This isn't what I signed up for. Uh, and then you know it, the the plot unfolded, kind of just like like origami, if you will. No, it, it just flopped over. So oh, here, okay, that. Um, yeah, yeah. You know the horrible thing here is this came from the dude that like directed the professional <laughs> and Nikita. Oh, really? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I mean, the guys and the Fifth Element. <laughs> shit, I, I I don't think the kid that played Valerian was like. I don't even like that guy. I know he's from the was it the second Amazing Spider-Man movie or something. I don't like that guy. No, I don't know who I he is, he, but he does. He looks like he, a little. He's a fucking asshole, is what he is. He he, he should face. he should stick to playing villains, is yeah. what it is. <laughs> he, he doesn't he doesn't suit the like good guys who want to bone their partner. Or is well, he he certainly does not look like somebody that should be able to carry like an action movie. <laughs> no, he looks like a school shooter. Yes, that's a great way to describe <laughs> this guy. Oh lord! <laughs> no, no, seriously. Like, if you no, I, I don't like, disagree. Look, look up uh, Dane DeHaan, San Diego Comic Con, twenty sixteen. It's, it's, I think it's his Wikipedia yeah, picture. He looks like a dude that I used to pummel for fucking milk money. <laughs> yeah, he's there is so there is so Shit. many like potential title episode title options just in the last like two minutes and I, i'm i'm actually a little afraid to pick any of them though oh god he looks terrible in these photos the comic Dude, ones holy yeah. crap he looks like he used to shoot you like you need to sleep like 
a lot more. <laughs> like he, like he's like Dane DeHaan absolutely looks like a dude that walks around with a briefcase, like in Michael Douglas falling down style with a list of names and an Uzi. Bro, he was he was in a Metallica music video. That's unfortunate. <laughs> oh dear, I gotta find this now. <laughs> it's um, it's the video for uh, Through the Never. He uh, he was also in an episode of uh, Law and Order SVU, and I'm wondering if he played the uh, criminal. Uh, he's probably a victim, just based on the year. <laughs> okay, so so bait. Uh, scale of one to ten, what do you give Valerian? <sighs> I don't know, like a five, maybe? Candyman. You, you, you'd say it's average? I, I'm not talking the IGN scale where like seven and a half is average. Like five is average. You're saying no, it's a five? No, yeah, five, five is pretty average. I mean, it, it, it's good if like, like, oh, fuck, what's in the theater? I don't know. Well, let's go see Valerian, I guess. Um, I mean, definitely right now there's a lot of other better movies you can go watch. You can go watch Tommy Blanc. You can go watch Baby Drive. Fucking any of those two. Baby Drive is wicked good, by the way. Yeah. But Tommy Blonde is pretty dope as well. Um, so just go watch one of those movies. Don't don't watch this movie. Well, now in, in all fairness, we are we we are absolutely throwing a lot of rocks at this. I will say that from the absolutely thin sliver that I've seen of this movie, technically, you know, it it, it appears to be incredibly well crafted, and they took no, a lot of time building a world and doing a lot yes. of neat stuff, and they totally squandered it. But I think from a filmmaking standpoint, he's He's put a lot of very, very cool things together in terms of the visuals and how things flow. But like with with no story and no characters to work with, you got you, you basically have you know like a three minute video that you would watch to some techno that's you know now stretched yeah. out over two hours. Well, that's kind of like yeah. um, uh, Jupiter Ascending from a art, yeah like yeah, art, yeah, art yeah, standpoint yeah. looked amazing, but it but, had the like the most the basic story that it you had could... beeves and wolves. I mean, was, I mean, once yeah. once I got the I like dogs line, I was like, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this has hit that level where you're like, there's there's no coming back from where this movie's at right well, now. Now I will say this though, I actually think uh, if 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 that is actually, but I think totally that's a really good uh, kind of parallel comparison. I kind of think I'm more disappointed though in Jupiter Ascending because that one actually had like real people that could act in it. You know, mm, like some yeah. pretty good ones in there. Uh, and there was that was a, a fairly new piece of material that was I don't think that that was a pre-existing world or pre-existing you know story you know like Valerian is, um, and they certainly had a budget and they had you know the dudes that made the Matrix running it or well that I guess they're now dudettes by the way but the, that's, the, that's a whole the dudettes discussion. that made the Matrix have not made good movies in a long time I, you, you like, could argue no. that everything after Matrix 1 was pretty shady but I, I, I mean like Speed Racer was great have you seen like Cloud Atlas it it's yeah. What? Oh, uh, it's that Johnny Depp movie. Well, no, 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 no. no. So, no. no. It, in all fairness, though, Cloud Atlas is—if you've ever read that—is there is no way you could film that. Like I, I like I don't know how you could. So I, that's one of those no. books. That it may be that they started with bad something. material, but it's their fault for making it a movie. No, no, no. I, 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 yeah, I, I'm with you on that. <laughs> but again, you know, Cloud, I, I, I'm willing to bet if you go back and look, every one of the Wykowski's movies are nominated for some set of awards, many of them technical in nature, I bet. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, you know, good filmmakers that can do certain parts of the filmmaking craft, but pulling a story in, that's, you know, you, 
you can throw a lot of shit at Joss Whedon for all kind of good reasons. I mean, the guy is, he's kind of a, like a, you know, creepy library guy that like hits on really young chicks, but he, he, the dude knows how to put a story together that grabs audiences. Luke Besson and the Wykowskis are very, very adroit technical filmmakers that have great uh, vision, like actual, like the visuals that they put out, their vision that they have in their head and how they translate the screen is, is really good, like phenomenal, I would say. Probably some of, the, some of the best out there, but they can't grab audiences with whatever they're showing. That You know, it's, it's you got to have a story and you got to have some dudes, that, dudes and dudettes that can actually act that story out and emotionally grab you. And there's don't, um, um, not real well anyway. So they've only been nominated for stuff. Well, they didn't win anything for anything. They were nominated after the matrix won best director in 2000. They were nominated for worst director matrix reloaded in revolution, uh, best dramatic, long present, best dramatic presentation script and writing for V for Vendetta. Uh, best adapted screenplay, outstanding feature film and direction for Cloud Atlas, and the worst director and worst screenplay for Jupiter Ascending. So, yeah, it's about right. Yeah, I forgot they did V for Vendetta. But, like, going back to Valerian really quickly, and then I can stop talking about the trash fire that's a movie. It, 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 there were times where it grabbed me, it was like, oh shit, what the fuck are they gonna do now? Um, uh, and I guess watching Valerian grow as a character, the little bit that he did uh, was interesting, I guess. But, you know, you're not surprised by the choice he makes to return the thing to the aliens because they needed to live uh, rather than follow orders and return it to the fucking Federation or Alliance or whatever sci-fi name for the humans they call it. Um, So, I mean, and I mean, you get to rock Rihanna dance for like two and a half minutes. So if that tickles your pickle, then fucking good for you, man. Jesus. All right. Pickle Rick is spoken. Uh, pickle in Rick! My, in my, my Rick and Morty shout out. Oh, man. <laughs> Best Season three is killing ever. it. Oh, my God. Ever. The, the, the uh, whole Iron Man sequence with the roaches and the rats. Like, oh, shit. Oh, this, my is, God. This, is, this is something else. No, Rick and Morty Season 3 is kicking ass. I love that show. All right. Pokey, well, on the gaming news. <laughs> well, actually, I do want to I do want to talk about another Grease Fire, but it's probably a little more coherent here with um, what the story was. So several weeks back, we talked about uh, Death Note. And this is the Netflix live-action uh, adaptation of the anime series, which ran for, uh, I believe, 24 episodes several years ago. Very, very popular. Uh, and there had been a couple of Japanese live-action adaptations, which were absolutely terrible. Um, and we had talked about the uh, Netflix edition being maybe a little bit better, but then we started seeing some trailers, and I was having some doubts. So I checked it out today. Uh, I want to start off by saying I totally understand that when you adapt something, particularly something in a long format, like a uh, multi-episode uh, series, may that be animated or not, into a you know hour and a half, two hour movie format. You've got to change stuff. There's just there's no possible way you can possibly keep the same plot and make it work for how much you're crunching things down. So I'm okay with that. That's fine. Um, it was very clear that they obviously had to change the story significantly and to a point where it's basically not even the same story from the original thing, and that's that's okay. 
Uh, I think that the, the reduction and, and actually kind of trying to tie it up a little bit tighter um, is perfectly fine. So they definitely do that in this one. Uh, that being said, uh, you can also tell that they really tried to tweak things for a more Western audience to try to make the character a little more believable, I think. Um, because it's, you know, the, the kind of ideals and the kind of people you expect to see in a Japanese culture are very different than what you'd probably see in American culture. And they definitely changed many characters to kind of fit that. Uh, that being said, Literally every single character in this show is very different from the original, um, which is kind of problematic because a lot of them are kind of defined by very extreme and very important character uh, personality um, traits that each of these characters have. And a lot of those are completely different. Um, particularly the main character is extremely different. He's much less driven, much less confident in what he's doing. And it, it kind of ruins the character, honestly, as trying to adapt an existing uh, exist, existing character from an existing uh, uh, piece of work. So I was actually kind of annoyed with that. That was pretty bad. And a lot of stuff that these characters were doing, the way they were acting, the things they said, all very out of character for what I was expecting. Um, so that was a big disappointment. Um, the story being different, like I said, is okay with that. Um, I understand that you have to change things. Problem is, is that even when they changed it, there was a lot of really bad plot holes, a lot of really weird things that happened. It just didn't come together very well. I felt that a lot of the scenes were kind of forced, like they had wanted to do more, but just kind of cut it out and put like a little quick tie-in to try to make the scenes match up. But it was very jarring, very uncomfortable, uh, just didn't really quite work out. Uh, another part that was made the original really good is that the main character is this extremely intelligent, um, you know, very capable, like top of his class A student who you know gets this death note. The death note allows him to write the name of someone in there, and he can kill them, and he can kind of, you know manipulate how they die and what they do before they die. And what this kind of does is allows him to kind of produce these elaborate series of events between, you know, various people to cover up his tracks or make certain things happen or, or that sort of thing. So you kind of have these long, you know, this thing will happen and it saves him. And then he kind of goes back and explains, I did this and this guy went and did this. And then he died in this way. And it's this very kind of Rube Goldberg almost-esque sort of thing where this elaborate plan kind of comes together. And it's, it's ridiculous in how well everything works, but that was kind of the charm of the show. You really don't get that at all in this one, except for maybe the very, very end, where um, kind of how they tie up the end of the story. And it, it, it's an open-ended, uh, it's an open ending to the story, but it was kind of to be expected just by the nature of what it is. But at the very end, you get one of those things where he kind of explains, "I did this, this, and this, and it caused all of these events to occur." And you know, that's how I'm here now. Uh, that was good. Like That was probably one of the better moments of the show, but they needed more of that throughout the whole thing because that's what actually made the original really quite good. Uh, so that was pretty disappointing. Uh, I will say that Ryuk, who is the Death God character, um, his character was a little bit different than what the original was. Not too much, but it was noticeably different. However, um, the voice acting, William Dafoe did a fantastic job of the voice acting, um, even though he sounds a bit like the Green Goblin from Spider-Man, uh, but it was it fit the character really well and the way they did the visual effect on him is absolutely great um in the other two japanese movies they really relied heavily on the cgi and it just looked cartoony uh this one they kind of kept him in the shadows more of a silhouette um just kind of light 
glimpses off the side of his face, you know, much more mysterious, dark character. It really worked. So I will say that Ryuk um, was extremely well done. That was probably one of the better parts of the film. Uh, but the rest of the characters are just kind of like, what are they doing here? It's all over the place. So, you know, like I said, I expect um, some changes in adaptation. And, and this actually kind of is a, is a good way to parallel with like Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell, um, the live action one, had some issues with the adaptation. They, they changed a lot of stuff and took it out. But overall, the story came together and it was it was decent. It was a pretty good flick, probably like a, a six or a seven. Uh, this one, even if you look past the poor adaptation, I think, of the characters, it's just not a very good movie. It was just kind of like, eh, it was like, all right, but I just, well, I would never watch it hey, again. Hey, Pokey, you know? no, correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Like the, the material that they're operating with to produce that, that Netflix movie, which I have seen actually part of, I'm, I'm still trying, I was still trying to watch, I'm, I'm about 30 minutes into it or so. Um, mm-hmm. My understanding after I, I watched that and then I was trying to like run around, get ready for the show that there is a, that, this is a very lo- or was a very long running like yes. manga or slash anime. Yeah. So th- I, my impression, I mean, I, having knowing very little about the original material and you're, and you're much more familiar with it than I am. It seems like this took like just a lot of different scenes or events, but they weren't strung together. Well, they're almost like, Hey, let's take some scenes that people will recognize here, here and here and here, but it didn't really flow through. So I've read like, you know, the two or three paragraph synopsis on, you know, like Wikipedia or whatever. So I kind of understand generally what the thing's about and sort of the arc that it goes through. I, are they trying to put too much shit into like a 90 minute or an 80 minute, you know, Netflix movie? That, I mean, well, that's what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, like visually some of the scenes lined up, but like I said, the story is extremely different. Like it's basically not the same story at all, which is fine. Um, but I think a lot of it is just, you know, just poorly written. I mean, even like even if you look past the adaptation part of it, it's just not a very well written uh, series of events, even if they are or not based off of the original material. So that's just problematic, and the character is just not very good. I mean, it's like I said, it's it's a, it's a okay, not so okay adaptation, but the movie itself, even if you aren't familiar with the source material, you'll probably watch this and go, eh, it was all right, you know. It, it just felt very rushed, I think. Like, they wanted to do more, but they just couldn't tie it together, like you said. So, you know, it, it's it's not that great of a flick. I'd probably give it, like, a 4 out of 10. Um, a little bit below average. Probably would not watch it again, honestly. Okay, so... Uh- I'm gonna. I'm, I'll continue to watch it, even though even though you you just like you it, but you might as well finish uh, it. If you started I'm, I'm thirty it, minutes into it. You know? Yeah. I, I guess my question is this: Is this designed to be the first of like a Netflix like sort of mini series of movies, or is it like a designed as a standalone? I I would say it's designed as a standalone. The ending is open ended, but. I, I, it wouldn't work. I don't think trying to continue this. Um, it's just, it's, it's not strong enough of an ending to really think, yeah, I could see this continuing on because I won't spoil anything, but it just, it, the, the premise of the film is kind of ruined to the end to a point where they couldn't continue it. Okay. All right. That, that makes sense. So yeah, that was, that was my review of death note. I, it was about as mediocre as I expected. Um, but you know, I gave it a shot. I said I would. So, um, you know, I, if you, if you want to, like I said, it's a good premise. I just watched the original series, um, the anime. Uh, first season is absolutely fantastic. Second season is kind of okay. The writing kind of falls apart, but it's still probably worth watching the whole thing. This one, 
I don't know. It, it, it's it's not like Ghost in the Shell where it's probably worth your time because it's a decent movie even if the adaptation isn't quite perfect. This one's just, it's not that great. So 4 out of 10 for me, probably going to pass on that one. But with that said, let's move into a bit of gaming news here. So uh, I know that these guys touched on a couple things uh, last week, and I, I kind of wanted to retouch on them just because I'm a little more familiar with them, and there's a few things that, that Jay's probably a little more familiar with that we'll, we'll get into. So uh, first off, um, Final Fantasy XIV is getting an update, uh, update 4.1. So this is the first update after the Stormblood expansion, which came out a few months ago. Uh, it's going to be titled The Legend Returns. It's coming in early October. It comes with uh, one new dungeon, one new 24-man raid, raid, which is the Return to Ivalice, which is going to be kind of interesting. Ivalice is the world that Final Fantasy Tactics and Final Fantasy XII is based off of. Uh, and if you're familiar at all with the Final Fantasy series, the worlds are not connected. Um, like, 13 is not a sequel to 12. They're all separate stories, separate universes. Um, with reoccurring themes, like certain enemies will appear um, in in multiple games in, in different forms, but that's kind so of where the connection it's ends. It's some kind of Japanese hell multiverse, or what? Totally hell multiverse. Um, and we'll actually get to where the hell multiverse absolutely goes uh, crazy in a, in a few topics there. Right, but I, I tell you what, it, and at some point, it, it, like we should put this on our vast whiteboard of Post-it notes of shows to, that we need to do. Is uh, like, could you like? Pokey explains Final Fantasy in three easy steps or some <laughs> shit like that. Because I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go to the Google machine and and fire no, one of these up. No, there's no way. <laughs> so. No, it's yeah. You have to understand that they're all separate. But um, you know, with with this one, when they actually name drop uh, a universe from a different game, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they tie that in. Um, which kind of makes sense. I mean, 14 has kind of been this. It's it, it's one of the two MMOs. Um, certainly the, the most recent one. And it's kind of a love letter to the rest of the games. They drop references very heavily constantly. It's more of kind of this, it's got its own story, but we're going to kind of plug in nostalgia plugs for, for everything else you've played. So it's fun. Um, it hasn't gone this like direct of a reference before, but uh, I'm eager to see kind of what it, what it uh, what it's going to pan out. So looking forward to that one. And they've actually got the original writer who uh, did Final Fantasy Tactics and Final Fantasy XII. He kind of invented the universe of Ivalice. He's coming in to actually write the scenario for uh, this raid. So should be good. He's a very talented guy, so I'm pretty excited. Uh, they're also adding more uh, story uh, story missions for um, the main, main scenario, so just kind of continuing on after the end of the main expansion and some other smaller things I'm not going to get into. But uh, this, like I said, this one's dropping in early October. It's called The Legend Returns. Um, really looking forward to it. So 14 is a really good game, good MMO. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Now, Final Fantasy 15. This is one I talk about a lot. <laughs> it was my one of my most disappointing games that I played, even though I liked it. And they're doing weird shit. So, Bates, you like Assassin's Creed, right? It's a, it's a trap. It's a trap, Bates. You, 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 you've yes. played Assassin's Creed. You've, you've done some assassinating. All of the Assassin's Creed games. Yes. Okay, so what does Assassin's Creed and Final Fantasy Fifteen have in common? Um, Absolutely nothing is what your answer should be. However, apparently, right. someone decided there has to be crossover DLC because why not? We've done everything uh, else for Final Fantasy Fifteen. Yeah, so Fifteen is getting an event called the Assassins. Uh, the Assassins. Uh, uh, fair or something it doesn't matter it's an assassin's creed direct specifically yeah, like it's not even like hinting at it is an absolute crossover it it really is and when pokey first showed it to me we were actually going to wait 
until tonight for me to see, but he just couldn't contain himself, and I was really curious. So when I saw it with last week, I guess, I thought, what the fuck, man? Like, I'm looking at it, right? And it's like, it's a world. It's, I, it's in the Final Fantasy thing with the Final Fantasy architecture and whatnot, but then, like, the camera pans, and oh my god, there's Altair, but, but it's not Altair. It's a little Japanese pretty boy dressed up in robes. Yeah. Dressed up in Altair's robes, dude. Like, yeah. he's got the yeah. blade and everything. He's, like, going around, like, assassinating dudes, and it's got the Assassin's Creed noise that it makes when you do the jump, and the, the, I was really confused. Yeah, so they've basically taken uh, the Assassin's Festival, I guess it's called, and it takes place in one of the cities in the game, and I guess it's its own little self-contained story where you yeah. dress up like Altair, and your buddies dress, dress up like the new guy from uh, the newest Origin. Assassin's Creed Origins, yeah. and it's the Final Fantasy 15 combat engine, but you're also like crawling up buildings and jumping on yeah. and shit like in Assassin's Creed. It's, and, yeah. It's, it's weird. It's man. weird. It's weird. Like does does Final Fantasy fifteen have have like climbing? Because these uh, climbing animations no. are oh, so this is a, okay. It, it has like a teleport mechanic, which I saw a little bit of as well. But yeah, like, there's some they, of that there too, which is kind they, of cool. They, yeah, they straight up pulled, you know, fucking just, Actual animations from Assassin's Creed and stuck them po- in the game. Pokey, did you see the cactar? I just saw the cactar. You get to oh, beat yeah. the shit out of the cactar with the hammer, bro. Yeah, yeah, the cactar. That's cool. But I'm, I'm not even gonna tell you. Yeah, how don't, don't even crazy it's, it's, that statement is. Because I'm, I'm, de- I'm over here like doing something else, listening to you guys go on about a game I've never even booted up on any no, console dude, or I've computer. Never, I've never been and I hear you ever. talk about hitting a cactar with a with a hammer, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it's if weird. it is, it's but weird. I'm pretty sure I'm going to need another couple fingers of bourbon in this coffee to make that work. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, and, and this isn't the first time that that uh, Final Fantasy 15 has a weird crossover. In the base game, you can buy, honest to God, cup noodle, like, like the actual brand cup noodle. There's an entire no, mission where you have to go and kill this giant animal to get the meat so you can mix it in with your cup noodle, and it's like an extensive thing that you but, get but into. Pokey, there's only re- one reason that you and I are okay with that cup noodle crossover. Well, it's the Ultima Fork, of course. Of course. <laughs> it's the three-foot-long fork you can get shaped like a sword. It, 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 this is the kind of shit that they do, and I'm just like, what are you guys doing? They're spending time making a story for an Assassin's Creed crossover when we're still waiting on the rest of the fucking story that was supposed to be in the main game that they cut out. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, who would Ubisoft got on their knees for you? What's going on? So, so, yeah. So, yeah, there's an Assassin's Creed event in Final Fantasy XV. I don't even know if I can bring myself to to actually play it. If you if you did play the um, the Chocobo Moogle Festival event that, that pops up every periodically, and if you got the Dream Egg, which is an event, an item you get for kind of completing um, all of the stuff in there, the Dream Egg can be used to unlock the Altair's robes for the Assassin's Creed event. So if you want to get that item, you have to have the Dream Egg from the previous event. So just keep that in mind. Um, I'm not sure if you are locked out of it or if you have another opportunity to get it, but uh, that will get you the item for you. But yeah, don't have a release date on this one yet, but Assassin's Creed, if you like it and you like Final Fantasy, I guess this is your dream event. So that's <sighs> that. But wait, the best, we're not... The best, the best thing from that trailer was watching your little pretty boy Japanese dude in Altair Road riding on the back of the... What is it? The Chocobo? Or the ostrich Yeah, thing? The, the Chocobo. That, the, that was the, the best part. The giant that chicken. the best yeah. part. Yeah, so there's that. But, you know, we weren't done. You guys mentioned it last week. 
there's Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition, which is like, hey, did you like that incomplete game we've released on PS4 with the really cool graphics? Well, let's get rid of the graphics and make it like a bunch of little shibby bullshit and stick it on your cell phone because we can't resist not making a cell phone game for every goddamn thing we do. So yeah, if you want to play Final Fantasy 15, there's a Pocket Edition coming out, and it looks absolutely ridiculous. As far as I can tell, it's basically kind of like a top-down chibi mm-hmm. version of the original game like with all the quests and stuff nobody wanted this is it like all the quests like i, I don't yeah. know is it yeah, like it, it's it, it's the game because like it's... i i've seen like I, I like if you remember back in the the era of of movie you know movie tie-in games where you'd get like a movie tie-in game for every platform and you'd get like the you know the gamecube version and then you'd get like the Game Boy Advance version, and they're completely different games, you know. But no, they're, just, they're both yeah. because they're no. different platforms. And it, it, is it is it that, or is it like we seriously dumb down the entire game, you know, uh, play for uh, play? I, I I think it's going to be like an episodic, like twenty part thing, or you the first one's free, and you can buy you know episodes after that. <laughs> Fine, whatever. But who the hell, like, who the hell asked for this? This is like the stupid, um, a new Empire game they made, which they basically handed the assets and like the concept of Final Fantasy XV to the guys who make like Age of War two or whatever to make a shitty Civilization pay to win cell phone game that's absolute crap. Like it's, it is like the most bottom level shovelware I've ever seen where they're like sticking it on phones. Like my dad got a new phone. It came loaded on the phone. You can't uninstall. That's how hard they're pushing this crap. <laughs> Get fucked. Oh my God. And I'm like, guys, you, 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 your base game is okay. It's pretty good. It, it was lacking, but it was pretty good. And you're off doing all this other random crap when you should be working on actually making more content for the main game, not this like multi-platform BS that they're pushing for. Like, we get it. You like cell phone games. We don't need a copy of the original game on our cell phone. I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. So, anyways. Okay, that's a million dollars right there. That's a oh, million Jesus dollars to fund the Christ. next Final Fantasy game, and maybe, just maybe, God knows it'll be the final Final Fantasy game. No, no. You never know. No. Like, well, they actually well, said yeah. that if, if 15 didn't do well, it, that would have been the end of the series. Like, it was Fucking in dire good. straits. Um, well, it did well enough to be no there. Well, yeah, they get to continue, but this, I, this, all this shit is shameful. All these stupid spinoffs, and it's like, just, just do the main thing. Don't, don't try to do all this extra crap. It's, it's annoying. And like they've they've released like a survey right for like all the the users and like the survey's coming back like really bad and all this extra stuff like the main game like yeah hey, yeah it's pretty good you know but like all this, like this new empire BS and this pocket edition people are like what the hell no one asked for this why are you why are you wasting resources on this crap so I don't know what the hell Square's doing with Final Fantasy 15 I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm like. I'll do, like, the story DLC, like, the ones that actually freaking matter. But, like, this Assassin's Creed crossover BS, like, come on. I'm, I'm done with that. So, that's... Matter. It's part of the lore now. It, yeah. it, it totally <sighs> God, that's the sad part. It's, like, technically part of the lore that he actually went and put on a freaking white robe. Like, I just... I can't. Oh, wait. That means... Oh fuck! It means this is part of the Assassin's lore as well. You'll, you'll, you'll probably get, like, giant oversized... Japanese RPG swords and Assassin's Creed Origins. If I get those in Origins, I'm gonna break the game right here live on Biomass. Hey, I better not be getting that bolt. I think I think um, in Assassin's Creed, 
either two or Brotherhood, you could actually get the Cyber Ninja Raiden outfit from Metal Gear Solid Four um, for Ezio. Huh? Yeah, it was like a cheat code that. But if you like, if you were able to get like the event code, like after the fact, you could enter it in and run around as uh, Ezio, what? but in like a Cyber Ninja outfit. It was ridiculous. You should look it up. It's it's definitely. I know I, I did it when I played. Um, but yeah, it was a little weird crossover where you're taking like a you know semi futuristic military you know cutscene overdrive game and copy pasting your cyber ninja into you know Renaissance Italy. It was just like what the fuck. So yeah, crossovers. We should do we should do an episode of weird crossovers because there's plenty of them out that there. Would be fun. Okay, so I'm I'm done bitching about Final Fantasy 15 for now. Um, just weird weirdness. I don't know what they're doing, but let's go on to something that I've been playing a little bit more of. I know you guys mentioned it last week with Fortnite. So Fortnite came out with a new update called Survive the Storm. Uh, kind of the premier thing that that came out with that was was a survival mode called Survive the Storm, uh, where you effectively drop into an area and you have to set up these generators and defend the generators. And it kind of requires you to, to defend a couple generators over time. And you have to last either three, seven or 14 days. 14 is 14 days is a fortnight, understandably. Um, with enemies getting progressively more and more intense over time, and you have to basically, you have nine minutes during the daytime cycle to go scavenge materials and build, and then for nine minutes that you have to defend against you know, increasingly more difficult waves of husks, which are the enemies in the game. Uh, I have not had a chance to try the seven or the 14 uh, day version of it, but I did do the three day version, which lasts about 54 minutes. Um, it's six cycles of nine minutes. Um, pretty fun it was actually pretty enjoyable very intense um very you know it definitely challenges you the the main story is not too challenging but this one is like up there like it's it's pretty difficult so we had a good time doing that um very very fun uh, and that took about an hour right the only kind of issue i have with this is like the whole idea of like you've got 14 14 days um in the game that comes out to about four hours of real world time if you want to do like the full thing so the game is basically expecting you to sit with like three other dudes for four hours nonstop and play endlessly. There's no breaks. There's no like time in between. You can't pause the game. It just keeps going. That's really, really hard, I think, for a lot of people to to actually block out that time. You can't stop halfway, have like intermission, stand up, stretch your legs. Don't really like that. I kind of hope they add like a way to to, to, to add a break at least some point, maybe at like the seven day mark or something where you can just like go, okay, I'm going to go use the bathroom or something because having people sit for four hours nonstop isn't healthy and it's not really enjoyable. So not sure when they get to the four hour version of it, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll try the seven day one. That's it's two hour commitment, which is still pretty intense, but we'll, we'll give that one a shot. But overall the game looks pretty fun. Um, and it does kind of raise some interesting implications like, for the first three days, it kind of felt like the main game where you could get resources, but since resources for building and trap building and weapons and stuff are finite within the area, you have to start traveling further and further each time to get more stuff because you kind of eat everything around you initially. So it should be interesting to see kind of how that plays. It becomes more and more difficult to kind of keep up with your resource needs because you just run out of stuff to tear apart and use. So looking forward to kind of giving that one a shot. Uh, other stuff they added is new mission modifiers, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, there's these special storm missions where you go in and they've got stuff like, hey, your outlanders do more damage or your ninjas do more damage or like enemies when they die will leave like a pool on the ground that uh, hurts you or buffs nearby enemies, stuff like that. 
it kind of just adds additional things that can pop in, kind of modify how you're playing the game. You kind of approach things differently. You might kill enemies in a certain way or build your traps in a certain way or use different materials to avoid certain weaknesses. Um, just kind of some more random stuff that they add in that does kind of change the gameplay up. So that's pretty good. They also added new hydraulic weapons, um, which are kind of an interesting concept. They have lower damage than most uh, most weapons in the game, but they have really, really high impact. And impact is a stat which is basically knockback or stun. Uh, so you aren't going to kill enemies as quickly with these, but you can kind of throw them around with them like a shotgun like launches guys. So if you're the kind of character that likes playing defensively where you've got a lot of traps built up, you can kind of use these guns to kind of knock enemies into the traps to actually kind of finish them off. So it does open up some gameplay opportunities. Uh, really fun stuff. Overall, really good update. Uh, one thing I did kind of want to get into, though, um, since I have played quite a bit more of it now since my first review, is the kind of free-to-play mechanic. And I know that we had, it's kind of been a point of contention with um, this game as a whole, uh, and something that I didn't really mind so much when I first started playing it, um, and that's the fact that most of your progression um, in terms of getting new stuff is through cards, and cards are gotten through... Um, pinatas the pinatas are basically loot packs right so you get them periodically you kind of get a slow trickle of premium currency periodically so you can buy these things without dropping robot money uh the problem is is that it's getting to the point now where i'm kind of approaching the end of the, the, the second world where it's really hard to get better stuff simply because it's like i need the legendary to drop and I, I just I get them, but it's not the one I want. It's a hero class I don't use. It's a weapon type I don't like to use, or my hero isn't built for it. Um, and it's becoming a little more difficult to actually get what you want moving forward. And as the difficulty increases, you're kind Hi, of at this. My name's the division, and I'd like to speak with you. Oh yeah, well we'll get to that in a second too. <laughs> um, but yeah, RNG is is becoming a little more annoying. It's not to the point where I'm like, Jesus, this is terrible. Um, because periodically they will drop like a high-end llama that's guaranteed to drop. Sorry, llamas are the pinatas. They're, they're llama pinatas, just to be clear. Um, they'll drop like a high-end llama that you can buy. That's like a you can only buy one of them, and it's guaranteed to have like two or three legendaries in it. Those are nice when those pop up. I do suggest you kind of save your premium currency for those when they pop up, but you know we're we're starting to get to the point where the RNG is really kind of it's not hindering me. I'm not feeling choked by it, but it's making me a little more uncomfortable than I was before. So we'll see if this trend continues. See how bad it gets. Um, I still suggest the game. It's still a really fun game, but just keep in mind that you know. I haven't felt like I have to spend money yet, but it's still kind of like that free-to-play anxiety where like, ah, I just wish I could just get the thing I want and not have to roll for loot boxes on it. So like I said, still a good game, but it is starting to kind of get a little bit worse as I had feared. So just keep that in mind if you are, in, are looking into picking this one up. Now, Jay actually did mention The Division. This is probably a good one to, to kind of roll into here. Uh, apparently, Division is still getting updates, and not just like balance updates. Update 1.8 is a free update coming called, called Resistance, coming out this fall. No exact date on that yet, but I guess it's going to actually expand the map a bit to include the West Side Pier, which includes uh, two new zones, so kind of two new sub-areas. that if, if you play The Division, you, you know what I'm talking about. And let me guess, we're going to get some new hoodies, some beanies, Shit like that? Well, no, you're going to get the same hoodies, but a different color. Right. That, that, that's the important part. The, the new color is what people really want, right? Um, so, are they going to update my beanies? I have to have a beanie pokey. Yeah, I got to have a beanie. Because, you know, if you, you fight a horde of angry, you know, <laughs> mobsters or whatever, the, the, the reward is, do I get a new gun? Oh, no, bro, but I got Don't some gloves for you. 
I got, I got, I got a scarf for you. It's legit. It's got checkers on it. Um, so it's, it's expanding the map. Um, not sure if that includes new uh, missions or not, or if it's just more of kind of the open worlds, which is kind of meaningless content. It's just space, but you know, we'll see. Uh, there's a, a new social space. Yay. At the Camp Clinton social space. No one cares really. Um, and then two new game modes. Uh, there's, PVE, which is resistance, which it seems like it's a horde mode, horde mode where you just have enemies coming at you endlessly and you survive as long as you can, which is strange that they're calling that new because that's basically what the game is in general. It's just waves of enemies. Um, and then a PvP mode called Skirmish, which is sounds like Team Deathmatch, basically. Just get as many kills as you can before the other guy, yeah. before the time goes up. Yeah, I, I mean, given the fact that time to kill and PvP in that game is like, I don't know, like seven and a half minutes. Uh-huh. Yeah, working. yeah. Cover-based third-person shooters don't really make the don't really have the best team deathmatch mode. Um, well, well, you're making the mistake of saying the division's a cover-based shooter. Well, it's a nuke that guy and insta-kill him. Okay. Move on it to the tr- next. It tries to be a cover-based shooter. Yeah. Well, they, I, you they know, don't have great PvP. I, I will. I will say old. this. I think, uh, and, and I, I remember this way, 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 way back here before the division came out. When when Ubisoft was giving interviews, they actually referred to it as an RPG. And if you think about it, like when you fire like an entire magazine of you know five point five six you know ammo from your M4 into some guy wearing like a tracksuit, and and he and he keeps coming. But it is then, you. Yeah, you're like, oh, he's just a higher level than me. I, like that kind of you, you know kind of it kind of makes sense when you look at the game in the through the lens of it being basically a a walking around rpg you know as you know instead of you with your plus five sort of ass whipping you know you've got like a rusty you know dull dull sword or something it's going to do less damage potentially or whatever the other guys just that much better my problem as it always has been is that it's not a fucking plus five sort of ass whipping it's some shit that I carry at work every day. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that if you shoot somebody in the face with a, with a Glock, he'll fall down. I'm just saying, but I don't know. They make some badass fucking beanies in the division world. I don't know what, what they're making them out of, but I want me some of that. Well, I mean, hell, your, your knee pads increase your defense, right? So when you get shot in the chest, those knee pads are going to really help out. The only thing yeah. knee pads really do is get you a promotion. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> okay, so that's that's the update coming to the division. Um, I will not be playing that one. I have no interest in that game anymore. It's it's dead to me. So just yeah. let people know that they are still updating it. If you are thinking about going back, but uh, I probably will not be reviewing that one at all because I don't care. Um, yeah, I'll play it. Fuck it. Bait, bait will take. Bait will put the knee pads on for us and and see how it goes. Knee pads okay. and hoods, okay. motherfucker. <laughs> All right, so let's move into um, Destiny 2 talk, um, simply because we are like two, three days away from the release of the sixth here. So I got to figure out that still, actually. But Destiny 2, coming out in this week, so we'll have lots to talk about uh, in the coming month or so. But there are some leaks coming out of the PC beta, and people, of course, data mine the shit out of it. And uh, got some information. There's tons of it out there. I won't go into all of it, but I'll kind of touch on some of the big ones. Um so strikes, if you're familiar with Destiny, strikes are kind of like the three-person like 
big epic missions you're supposed to go on. Uh, usually has a giant bullet sponge guy at the end you have to kill. Um, if you played the the beta, the inverted spire event was a strike. Uh, data miners show that there are apparently five listed strikes, which is one less than the original game. Kind of disappointing, but uh, I guess there's at least five listed ones, unless there's ones hidden there that they are showing up, but you'll have five in the main game for Destiny 2. Uh, also mention of uh, old subclasses from the Taken King specifically, um, such as like the Hunter Night Stalker or the uh, Dawnbreaker, I think it was, the, the Titan one, and then the Stormcaller for the Warlock. Those are apparently in the game as the third subclass um, that you will unlock through playing the game. I don't believe they're part of an expansion, they're just in the game. So you will get to have all three um, of your character subclasses while playing the main game, which is kind of neat. Um, I'm a little disappointed that in the end, there's only really one new subclass per per role. I kind of hope that there'd be like three new ones, but I guess it's just one, and in many cases, it's kind of a rehash of the Destiny 1 subclasses, so that's a little disappointing. But I like the Night Stalker for Hunter. That was the kind of one I played, so at least I'll be comfortable with it. But uh, I was hoping for something a little more uh, unique to Destiny 2. Uh, the areas are supposed to be a, quite a bit larger than Destiny 1. This might kind of be in part because they've you know, since dropped uh, last-gen support. It's just PS4, Xbox One, and PC now, so they can kind of load bigger, bigger, more interesting environments in because they aren't held back by the memory issues. Uh, there's going to be four in total, which is the uh, European Dead Zone on Earth, Nessus, Io, and Titan. Those are the four areas you can explore in Destiny 2, uh, and they'll hopefully add more with the two expansions that are planned. Now, one kind of interesting thing that popped up, and this always comes up when discussing PC versus console gaming. So, apparently, in the PC version of Destiny 2, if you plug in a controller, the game recognizes that, hey, you're using a controller, and it turns aim assist on. And if you've played Destiny, you know the aim assist is sticky as shit. Like, it's really, really strong. Like, it kind of ruins playing other games with how, how intense the aim assist is. So... If you're playing with a controller on Destiny 2, even on PC, you have aim assist. The problem is that if you take uh, a Zim 4 card, which is basically meant for... uh, It's originally designed to basically take mouse and keyboard input and use it on a console. Well, you can put a mouse and keyboard through your Zim 4 card, and Destiny 2 on PC will recognize it as a controller. So you basically get mouse and keyboard, but with all of the aim assist that the controller offers. And apparently, there's a couple streamers and YouTube videos out there, and it's absolutely insane, like how overpowered this is. Like that is uh, really this is like a this is a dust five one four harkening back conversation right here. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think even I had like a eagle eye board. I was trying, I couldn't get it to get tuned right. But you know, all sorts of people were playing with. You know, hey, if you put you know, it does support keyboard and mouse, but if you put it through a thing that emulates it as a controller, you get the aim assist on your keyboard and mouse. Yeah, well, Dust's aim assist was nothing like Destiny's aim assist. If you are if you actually compare them side by side, like I went and played Destiny for a couple months, went back to Dust, and it was like, holy crap, I can't aim for the shit anymore. Because I was used to everything just kind of going like, boom, right to the guy's head, and that'd be the end of it. Uh, certainly not the case with, with Dust. So, you know, that was that was jarring, but this could be a real problem. We'll kind of see how Bungie handles this one, if they're going to, you know, maybe disable the aim assist for controller players on PC and go like, hey, listen, if you want to use a controller, you're going to have to deal with it. Um, but this this can be problematic, so we'll, we'll have to see how, how they handle it, especially since they're really pushing kind of this competitive eSport angle of the PvP. Uh, it, could be, it could be an issue. So curious to see how that one uh, pans out. Also, did you guys see the live action trailer for Destiny 2? They they did one yes. for Destiny 1. Um, it was good. <laughs> 
what do you what would you what you think of it? I mean, it's good, but uh, in general, do you like live action trailers for I, for uh, games or are they kind of hokey? It, it kind of depends. So, um, Destiny, I think, really, it, you know, the original D one. Some of those live action, if you go back and like YouTube, some of those live action trailers, they're like long form trailers. They're like four or five minutes long and they're really good. You're like, like if you didn't know that was a game, you're like, this looks like a fucking bomber sci-fi movie coming out. And, and you know, they, it's definitely gameplay, but it's done really, they're done really well. I thought, I thought that, and you know, they obviously have the rock and, you know, like seventies to eighties, you know, music soundtrack going on. What they've really tried to figure out, if you think of about a lot of things with D2, you know, culminating kind of with this live action trailer, what you know, one of the big beefs in D1 is that incredibly well-crafted, well-put-together, very slick, very smooth, great minute-to-minute shooting gameplay, zero personality and emotion in the game. And then, that you know, over time, they would patch and overlay and overlay, overlay stuff on top of it. And they have, like, s- some really well-known like folks power hitting as voice actors and, and that could provide a lot of uh, personality to the game. Nathan filling, filling probably being the obvious one for Cade six. So pretty much everything in D two, they are going, Oh, you, you want some personality? Oh, you want some story? We got some of that. Watch this. And that's a little bit about what you've been seeing. I think with a lot of the trailers, which predominantly feature Nathan Fillion's character, Cade six. Um, and, and, and I don't think that's bad either, by the way. I, I thought it was actually pretty good. In fact, the first one that came out when they were talking about like, hey, the tower's down, it's blowing up all my stuff, and like, like nobody has stuff anymore, which I thought was this really ingenious way of just reminding everybody, hey, it's a new game. You're still a guardian, but you know what? You don't have any, have any of the mm-hmm. shit you've been slaving around for. Um, but the, I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I thought it was actually pretty pretty solid. They, they kind of have some fun with the game. But again, it's, it's pretty well done. I, I actually think... If they came out with a Destiny uh, like live action like show like like a short or something like that, it would probably I think you could probably do a pretty good one. Actually, it'd probably be okay. Yeah, I'm always impressed with uh, particularly in the Destiny stuff, the just like even like the props and the weapons and stuff, like seeing them kind of take the in-game assets and turn it into actual stuff that a guy can hold is always really impressive. Like the, the armor and stuff they're wearing is like really top quality stuff. Like it, it looks really good. Um, obviously whenever Cade six is involved, it's always kind of going to be a, a joking trailer because he's not a very serious character. So it was, it was kind of a, a dorky, you know, you know, for the puppies at the end it was kind of ridiculous, but you know, it was, it was pretty funny. And I, I think like you said, they, they've tried extremely hard to inject a lot more personality into the game and, and Cade six was definitely a, when he was kind of introduced in the taking King as a, a really major character um, really kind of helped hammer that home. And they've definitely tried to layer on, on top of that success uh, moving forward. So I thought that was a, was a pretty funny trailer. Um, normally don't like the live action ones. I, I think of like, you know, Eve online, I was there, it was real sort of trailer, which was just like, Oh God, but this one was, this one was pretty good. So um, uh, I'll tell you what, it was want, it, so real. <laughs> I if was you there. Are, there. If you want to like check something out, go back and look at the D one trip. Like some of the, I think it's one of the original ones where they're on Mars. They're actually fighting the cabal, mm-hmm. and those are really good special effects, like really good, like practical practical effects. Because uh, you see, like that's actually the first time you see the cabal without its face mask on when they kill one. 
and today it might be the only time you've seen one. Um, so it, it was actually, it's actually pretty neat though. Like go back and check that out. Like no kidding. Yeah. It's actually really good. For sure. It's pretty good stuff. So yeah, destiny two is coming out in a couple days now. Uh, Zell, I don't think last week you gave your thoughts when you gave the, the PC beta shot. I didn't get it's a chance. Because I, I was... didn't try it before okay. last week's show. Okay. I wasn't sure when you, when you did. I was unfortunately too busy with work to actually pick it up. But what, what, were, you, what were your thoughts as someone who's never played Destiny on the beta? I don't, I don't understand why you people are so excited about it. I played it. I did like, you know, when you start the game, it drags you immediately into like, you know, the, the intro story sequence until you, you know, get kicked off the spaceship and, and then um, it dumps you in a menu. And I did the strike that was available which I now know is called a strike because I, I heard you guys say that like 10 minutes ago. Um, I don't know. It was fine. The graphics were okay. It was about what I expect from a modern AAA game. The shooting mechanics were fine. There was nothing special to write home about that, that made it interesting to me. Um, I, I have no desire to pick it up. It's just that, like it, there were, there's a ton of other games that I've already bought that I'd much rather play. All right. So, uh, as a side note, this is so we can choose to edit edit this out, but we're not going to because it would take too much work. Pokey bait from now on in private, we will refer to Zell as Sour Bill. Sour Bill, you got it. Okay. Okay. All right. But yeah, Carry that's, on. That, that's that's good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, Zell. Honestly, Destiny did not live up to the kind of the grand space opera epic they were expecting. But you know, I. Like I've said before, it's it's a pretty solid, well polished experience, and it's it's a good experience just to kind of go through. But if you're looking for something next gen, cutting edge, it's probably not what you're gonna what you're well, gonna find. I mean, you're- like I want I, I I want something like compelling. I I don't know. Like I, I'm trying. If I was gonna be generous, I would say that maybe part of the problem is that. Um, and and maybe they will fix this for release or have plans for release or or they won't do anything about it but um i had no as a as someone who doesn't have a a console um i had no way to play destiny 1 so therefore the little bit of story that was con- the little nugget of story that was contained in the the beta had zero zero meaning to me it had no 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 it wasn't compelling and maybe it was because some of the terminology in it or some of the backstory that's required to to gain something from it uh was just not there you know for me as someone who didn't play destiny one that's Um, totally fair that like that could entirely be the problem i don't know but it's just like i'd rather go finally play the tomb raider you know the rise (laughs) of the tomb raider i've owned it for like over a year and and i spent like 90 bucks on it i still haven't played it so you know, it, it's one of those things like I it just it, it was OK. It was fine. It was better than Fantastic Four. <laughs> that's a hell of a bar to get over there. Um, no, but that, that's a very fair feedback that if you if you were not familiar with the first game, um, it is difficult to kind of get your head around what's going on and actually feel it to be compelling. And I actually will have something for um, everyone at the end of the show that might help out with that a bit. You know, I, I, I'm sitting here thinking it's, it's on, on the rare occasions that I agree with Zell. This is one. Uh, write that down. Put a timestamp on it. The uh, he he is absolutely correct. And, and I just and after kind of I'm watching the D2 forums off and on. It's like one of the three four game forums I kind just kind of monitoring as, as things are kind of developing. I they, there's not a lot of interaction, uh, but they do very regularly release. Bungie releases a lot of updates, and that was it was, it was fairly heavily not outright 
you know, listed, but it, it was pretty much uh, pretty well described and implied that uh, that initial mission was very much designed as a hook for D1 players into D2. So I, I think Zell is actually spot on. It's like if, because if, if I kind of step back and remove myself from it and I had like no context for destiny, like I didn't understand destiny at all. And I and just threw me in that. I'd been like, um, okay, it's, it's kind of, it seems cool, but I don't know shit about it. You know, like what like, was the big star shaped thing attached to like, exactly, what, yeah, exactly. uh, like I think was a moon there, 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 it seemed apparently very dramatic that someone was going Super after dramatic. it. I right. don't know it, anything about what it was. Exactly. Like, they didn't say that. that is, that is the whole point is like, if you knew, if you'd gone through the, uh, and, and, and point in fact, if you'd gone through the latter half of destiny, not the first half in its life cycle, all everything that you see in there and all those characters and all that stuff that's going on, it's like just fan service homage to this, like call back to that. Uh, and if you don't have any of that context, it's like, huh, what if somebody gave a pop culture reference and nobody came, you know, it's one of those kind of moments. Yeah, that's that's all really fair feedback. I mean, they they very clearly tailored the game to existing players, and it's which is kind of crappy if you've never had a console and you're you're a new PC player interested in it because that's going to be very confusing about what's going on and, and difficult to actually kind of grasp onto. So that is something they could probably improve on, and it'd be nice if they offered sort of like a hey, if you don't know what's going on, this is what happened in the story so far. You know, an optional kind of backstory thing would be kind of nice. But well, like uh, um like uh so Mass Effect had like. An intro mission for Mass Effect Two and Mass Effect Three, or like right. that kind of just remember that. would 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 you know summarize where you were, would kind of bring you up to speed and let you make some choices and kind of you know get you into the up to date. Mm-hmm. Something, just yeah, something. I, I had no idea. Like there was nothing that that drew me in on what I saw, and and part of that is probably because they just didn't provide any understanding there. Yeah, and they could probably accomplish that. Maybe like a five-minute, hey, this is how this started, and this goes into this, and that's how we ended up here. And, and that would probably do a lot of favors for people who may not be interested enough to go dig through lore videos online, but actually want to kind of get into into the new game with actually having some clue what's going on. So hopefully they come up with something on that. All right, so moving along to uh, another review I did, and this is kind of funny that Jay mentioned the, the Final Fantasy multiverse, because... I gave uh, Dissidia Final Fantasy for the PS4, uh, the closed beta was this last week, and I gave it a shot. So a little bit of backstory. Uh, So Dissidia Final Fantasy, there was actually um, two PSP games, one, the first one being Dissidia, and then the second one being Dissidia Duodecim, which was a prequel to the first one. And the, the... the basic concept is that you've taken various main heroes and villains from all the different Final Fantasy games and crammed them together into this kind of uh, 1v1 fighting game where you've got a big open arena and you can kind of run along walls and jump and do all kinds of iconic spells and attacks and stuff from the various games. And each character is unique in their own way. Um, and it's kind of this dueling fighting game. Uh, both of the PSP games were really, really quite good. I enjoyed them quite a bit. Uh, so when I found out that they were making a next-gen version for PS4, um, I was quite excited. And it was interesting, they actually built the game for a PS4 architecture, but it had a one-year exclusivity uh, contract for Japanese arcades only. And so if you wanted to play the game, you had to go to Japan, go to an arcade to actually try the game out. And actually the controls in the arcade were was literally like a PS4 controller broken in half. So you can tell that they had built this game for the PS4. Um, they had the, the contract deal with the arcades to, to make it exclusive for a year. But it coming to the PS4 was kind of an eventuality. 
So uh, several months ago, they announced, hey, we're doing this. Um, the game is actually coming out uh, early, Jan- I think January 30th, 2018, so um, a few months away. But they had a closed beta this last week to test out network and stuff like that. Um, and so being someone who is very familiar with the original games or really enjoyed them, uh, I decided to pick it up and give it a shot. So overall, the combat feels very, very different um, in the sense that before it was a one versus one fighting game, very tight, focused combat. Uh, I know that a one versus four, one v one mode will be available in the new Dissidia NT, which is what it's called NT. Um, but three v three is kind of the the main game mode. And I thought, like at first, oh yeah, it'll just be three v three. It'll just kind of be a little more chaotic, but you can have some unique teamwork and that'd be kind of neat. But it's really chaotic like with aoe attacks going off and stuff often you're kind of getting blown away by someone who's not even on your screen because you know they're targeting you from behind and you're not expecting it and it was a very different experience um i'm not sure if i so much disliked it it was just very jarring because it wasn't what i was quite expecting um so there's that to consider uh there is like the crappiest tutorial i've ever seen in in a game um like worse than destiny 2 especially because the fighting game is very complicated there's combos and that sort of thing that doesn't exist at all in this one um they give you like a short intro video broadly explaining how the concepts work but you can tell it was like the intro video they used for the arcade but there's no listed combos you have no idea what your attacks do and it's it's a pretty robust attack system that i was very lost going into it they had changed a lot of stuff from the previous games the old combos weren't valid anymore um Things were simplified and moved around. So the first few rounds, I was like, this is terrible because I had no idea what I was doing. Very, very uncomfortable experience. I finally had to end up going to a third-party website, like there's IGN or something, to look up. Um, I think someone had taken pictures of like the combo guy that was printed like, on the side of the arcade machine to actually look at what the hell my moves were for each character. So once I did that, I kind of got a better feel for it and gave it a shot and I had a better experience. But... Um, as far as like bringing people in to test things, you got to give them at least like a list of what each move does. Like, come on, it's ridiculous. Um, the controls didn't feel quite as tight. I'm not sure if that was just my lack of familiarity with like playing on a PS4 controller versus like a PSP. Um, but it was kind of uncomfortable. Um, and again, without really a good judge of what did what, like even movement felt kind of jarring. Cause I wasn't sure what I had to do to run up a wall, that sort of thing. I just kind of had to figure it out mid match. So, um, it didn't feel quite as tight, but I imagine if I played more of it, I'd probably be more inclined to, to, to do better than I did. Um, they have simplified the combat. Um, they, they, when I first talked to them, they sounded like they really simplified it. Um, and they have, but not as badly as I first thought. Um, you do have some options of what move sets you want to bring in that sort of thing, um, but it is reduced a bit, probably for the sake of balance, because there was some really broken stuff in the original games that you know they could, probably could have improved upon. So keep that in mind if you are a fan of the series that the combat system is simplified. You have less flexibility, but there is still some flexibility. It's not totally pre-canned. So that was disappointing, but not as bad as I hoped it as I thought it might be. Um, as far as I can tell, the RPG elements have been completely stripped out of the game. Uh, before, you kind of built up your character over time. You had different equipment for them, which would boost stats, and you could do unique builds. All of that, from what I can tell, is gone. Um, definitely, probably because it was moved to the arcade scene. It's meant to be kind of a sit-down, you you play a couple rounds. It's meant to be very fair, competitive, that sort of thing. Uh, so if you like that, that is unfortunately gone as well. 
Um, it makes sense, but it is disappointing. I like that kind of you can make crazy unique builds for different characters, and you know it was it was fun, but also had balance issues. So I, I get that. Um, overall, the visuals are absolutely fantastic. Game looks really really good. Um, it is a nice fan service homage to seeing all of your old Final Fantasy characters from like you know shit Final Fantasy One, which used to be like a little eight bit sprite being fully rendered in PS4 graphics. It looks absolutely fantastic. Very flashy. Um, it's rewarding when you, you land cool, flashy combos. So I enjoyed that. Um, overall, the experience was kind of frustrating, honestly. Um, I'd like to actually give it a shot once they've kind of implemented a better tutorial. Uh, I know that the final game is going to have a story mode, which will hopefully kind of help ease players in a little bit more slowly rather than here's all your moves, go fight. Um, so I, I probably had a negative opinion of what I was hoping for on the game. I still enjoyed it, but the beta was definitely more frustrating than I had hoped it would be. So um, if you didn't get a chance to try it out or if you weren't included in the closed beta, um, I wouldn't say it's it's bad, um, just that it was a really terrible beta experience. Um, and I'm looking forward to the open beta when they get around to that to see if it has improved at all, because I think there is really good stuff in there. Um, it's just not explained very well, and it needs some work in terms of how the system actually works. So uh, keep an eye on it if you are a fan of Dissidia or Final Fantasy, or if you like fighting games. It's a very unique system. I won't get into exactly how it all works, but it is something that I haven't seen in any other games in terms of how the combat actually plays out. So, uh, you know, do, do keep an eye on it if you like that style of game. Alrighty, so uh, we're going to kind of move into the section quick where Bait and I talk about the games we will probably be playing over the next month, doing our kind of back and forth review. Um, Bait, I think it's... Did you do one last week? I forget about uh, an Xbox review, or did we skip I that week? I did not, because I totally forgot about it. Okay, so... Oh, we'll for the review, no, 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 no. Okay, I think well, I talked uh, about... I might have talked about Andromeda. Okay, so we'll probably have you do one of the Xbox Gold games uh, next weekend, probably because I'm yep. not going to be here. I'm going out of town for uh, uh, the convention for my work, so I will not be here. But uh, we'll have you do a review of one of the Xbox games, and then I'll pick up uh, next week with the PS4 one. So I'm going to hand this off to Bait real quick to kind of go over the Xbox games that are coming free this month if you have Xbox Gold. So, Bait? Yep, so what you're going to get uh, starting two days ago, you're going to get uh, Forza Motorsport 5, for the Xbox One, and then that's uh, that's all month. And then on the 16th, uh, running through the 15th of October, you're going to get Oxen Free. Uh, no idea what that game is about. Um, it's it's it looks, cool. It's cool. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. So I will definitely play that game um, for the first through the, and that's for Xbox One as well. <laughs> for the first through the 15th of this month, uh, for Xbox 360, you get Hydro Hurricane Thunder, uh, which I had to chuckle when I read the names. A fantastic, uh, obviously not intentional, but uh, it made me chuckle for obvious reasons. Uh, and then for the 16th through the 30th of September, you're going to get Battlefield 3. So if you're looking for a shooter to sink some time into, and for some reason you're not playing Battlefield 4 or 1, go play some Battlefield 3, my dude. Okay, sounds good. And so coming to September for PlayStation Plus owners, uh, for PS4, you have Infamous Second Son. Um, that was one that actually came out really early in the life of the PS4, but uh, pretty cool game. I played the first two in Infamous games, and this is the third one. Um, that's for PS4. Uh, and then you have Strike Vector X for PS4. If you're still playing on PS3, you have Truck Racer and Handball. Yes. And if you are playing on PS Vita, and both of these come with the PS4 cross-buy, so if you play them on Vita, you can also play them on your PS4. Uh, there's We Are Doomed, and then there's one called Hotful Boyfriend, and 
apparently I've been commanded to do gameplay um, yep. footage of this one. I'm going to put it bluntly. It's a Japanese dating simulator where you're the only human who has gone to a high school full of pigeons and you have to seduce the pigeons in a dating sim game. And the pigeons are genocidal. And it is the best, the best Japanese dating sim game that has ever been produced. It has a 9 out of 10 on Steam. I don't even know. For good reason. Incorn loves this game. It's it's about seducing pigeons, bait. So I guess, yes, Incor would love that game. Because it's... Yeah, it's bird love. Incor has a weird fetish with birds. Incor has a weird fetish with lots of animals like bees and stuff. So, you know... (laughs) We're not going to get into that, but I will do um, probably a, a very heavily edited one-shot episode of uh, gameplay for Hotoful Boyfriend at some point um, on the PS4. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, yeah, and that's available on Steam as well for 10 bucks, I think. But it is free if you are a PlayStation Plus uh, member for September. So that being said, any other topics you guys want to touch on real quick before we go into shoutouts? Okay, we'll say there's a no. So no. no. Zell, wake no, up, buddy. No, You're here. No. Shoutouts for you. No. Go. No. Really? Really. Right, is it no you don't want to go first or no you don't have a shout out? I'm passing. He wasn't joking. He really did he really did spend everything last week. <laughs> he's 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 exhausted. Okay. Alright, I'll give you a pass. It's like the twentieth time, but whatever. Alright, bait, you're up, man. Um so I have two and one of them's kinda of long, so I'll go ahead and shoot the first one out. Uh Android eight uh Oreo came out uh for my pixel at least. I I assume it's on all of their Android devices. And it's really pretty. So I just wanted to say that. Less uh, than point one percent of Android sh- devices. Oh really? Okay. I thought you were about to interject about your fucking Windows phone. Cool. So No, I was no, just gonna say that like you'll see, most people will see Android Oreo in three to four years when Android fifteen is out. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really pretty. Um so my next thing, uh, somebody actually linked this to me. Apparently there's a connection between uh, men who smoke too much weed having stone sperm that swim in circles instead of fertilizing eggs. Um, oh, dear. Uh, British uh, Columbia scientists uh, said that regular marijuana use cuts sperm count by up to a third. Uh, I, and I think we need, to, we need to vet. That's just going to encourage them, bait. Bates, shout-outs <laughs> in advance it's awesome. in the future. It prevents okay. them from functioning properly by making it too, quote, mellow. So okay, well, I guess I guess the podcast will be produced then. Sweet. All right. Um, all right, we're moving along here. Uh, so my shout out is to a guy uh, on YouTube. Uh, his channel is called My Name Is Biff. Um, B Y F. Uh, he did an excellent story recap. It's like an hour and a half long, but it kind of tells not in extreme detail, but enough detail to get you caught up to speed on the lore and the story behind Destiny One. Um, kind of before the game starts, all the way up to right before Destiny Two starts. It's really, really well done. I know he had a couple, of pe- a couple of people help him make it, so it's not just him. But overall, production quality is really up there. He's got a great voice, um, really well uh, thought out, and it's good to catch up if you uh, have either you know like Zell and you've not played the game before, but want to play Destiny Two, or if you're like me and didn't complete all of the Destiny One stuff because I never did Rise of Iron. Um, it will give you everything that's going on with that. So I do suggest that to you. Um, we will have a link to it in the description for the show um so that's my shout out really good video from uh, my name is biff all right jay you're up man Ooh, okay um couple ones real quick so th- this is slightly longer than my normal shout out uh and it's not really a shout out it's really just a thing so a lot of you guys know i was gone for a little while uh th- this last week uh 
if you've been listening to the show or, or you guys have known me from different places, uh, I am a native Texan and, uh, and I am from the east, eastern coast of Texas. So there's, uh, there's obviously a lot going on with Hurricane Harvey hitting and where it made landfall down there. You, you heard the term Rockport, Port Lavaca, Victoria, stuff like that. Like all those areas, that's where I went to high school at. Like literally, I like I could pinpoint to you all of these tiny little towns and uh, that are in there that just many of which simply don't. There's a couple that literally just don't exist anymore. Um, and all the way up through Houston, the East Coast, uh, a lot of the pictures you guys have seen, I've literally I've driven up and down those roads thousands of times. Uh, I've got a friend. I've got tons of friends, family there, um, you know. You know, quite a few people uh, that I've known, like you know, my, my dad and quite a other, quite a few other people, had to be uh, uh, extracted from the, you know, from the flood, uh, from the hurricane. So it, it's uh, it's kind of a personal thing for me. But what it also really is, and this is, I mean, we talk a, a lot about just kind of generally fun, fun stuff. You know, we're basically, you know, a bunch of dudes sitting around shooting the breeze about like comic books and movies and stuff like that, pretending like we're still back in college or in Bates case, pretending that he's going to go to college one day. And, um, Fuck. yeah. So, um, it, you know, these are kind of fun things, but you know, we do have uh, different lives that we have outside of, you know, kind of outside of this. Um, so my kind of shout out, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go into a lot about what I was doing uh, for the last, it feels like forever. Uh, but, um, suffice it to say, uh, there's a lot of people down there in Texas, uh, that, that still need a lot of help. Um, and, uh, it was, uh, it, it was the most horrific thing you've ever seen. And the best thing you've ever seen is the best. I can, the only thing, the way I could describe it to you, uh, the only, the closest thing I've seen to this is like no shit war, like, like full on no kidding combat. And th- this is, uh, and it's different because, you know, it's it's Mother Nature, so to speak. It's not something that you can wrestle with and contend with and you can fight, so to speak, and you can endure it. Uh, so that's 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 kind of one thing. And it's also home. It's also very real. It's real people. So that's the worst part of it. And it's like you never want to see these kind of things, you know, like in your home, like in your home dojo, so to speak. And we like, you know, in the military, we like, we always want to we, – we have a saying it's like, hey, we really like playing away games. We don't want to play home games. Um this is definitely a home game for me. And you see some people out there that are um, just, you know, with the looks on their faces, it's it's like something I've seen in other countries you know, after, you know, like the Taliban has gone through it or something. So anyway, uh, there, there's a little bit of that going on, uh, or there's a lot of that going on right now. And uh, I've still got a lot of friends down there. Uh, I'm, I'm back up here now where I'm normally at. Uh, my dad's been able to get back to we we got him out and then back into where he lives at, but there is just uh, incredible incredible destruction down there. So uh, on that note, I did want to just a quick as a shout out. Uh, I do not recommend giving money to a lot of people. Uh, if you can volunteer something, like if you're in the area, volunteer your time. That's probably the most important thing. Uh, if you do want to give, I would recommend the three following places because they're pretty, pretty well vetted. And that would be the Salvation Army. Uh, that would also be the Humane Society. And then if you go to GoFundMe, believe it or not, they've got a vetted Hurricane, uh, Hurricane Harvey page. And GoFundMe is, is kind of unique. It, they're not like Kickstarter and some of the other ones. They actually uh, do a fair amount of research on these things. And so they 
vet actual uh, entities or organizations and they help channel donations directly to them. And kind of their marker is that I think a fairly high percentage, not, it's not quite a hundred percent, but look, a high percentage must go to the, to the actual victims of the hurricane. So they do a lot of vetting and it also links you to verified hurricane Harvey, like individual pages. Uh, so that's a thing. Uh, so those are my three recommendations. Or if you do know somebody that's like personally, um, like personally affected, a good tip that I would recommend everybody, and this is what we've done for some friends of ours, go to Amazon and set up a gift registry or like a wedding registry and just click everything you need to do to like restart your life, like clothes, like baby food, uh, you know, shoes. Uh, things like that, that you, that you don't ever think you're going to need and not have. Uh, so those are, those are kind of my, uh, my quick thoughts on that one. And I, uh, <clears throat> I absolutely have to tell you, uh, my shout outs tonight, big Chris, Norm, Chad, $2 bill, Steve, downtown Brown, Don Ho, Frenchie, Handy Andy, and, uh, all the girls and gals over at, uh, uh, at Bryant's Ice House, uh, fuck you, Harvey. Come and take it. So uh, that's kind of my big shout out. And uh, for the better part of the last week, a lot of us uh, have been listening to Stevie Ray Vaughan. It's uh, hence the the guitar thing that, that we shout out to Bate earlier. But uh, Steve Ray Vaughan, legendary Texas, uh, you know, blues rock and roll player. Uh, one of his big hits, one of his big albums, was Texas Flood. There's a song called "The Sky Is Crying." And, uh, it's, uh, it was, it was particularly poignant for some of us, you know, these are all, by the way, everybody, I just listed off. These are guys I know, uh, I've, you know, I grew up with them. They raised me, you know, so to speak as peers, uh, I've gone to war with some of them, uh, and I've gone to war with them all now against Harvey. So, uh, you know, to all those guys and gals, you know, I, I appreciate everything you do. Probably none of you, none of you probably hopefully know I do this podcast, but, uh, it's uh it's a tough thing down there and I do recommend if you pray, pray for, for folks down there. If not, uh just take a look at the news and, and turn the sound off. And I mean this quite literally. Turn the fucking sound off of the news. Watch the pictures on the news. What you see is human beings helping human beings. It ain't black, white, Asian, Mexican, Republican, Democrat, communist, whatever. It's Texans helping Texans. Uh, and that's really all you need to know about uh, what's really going on down there. So that's my shout out. All right. That was really good, man. I appreciate that. Um, with that said, guys, I think we're going to bring the show in for our close. Um, usual spiel. If you want to be on the show of topics, biomass.com, contact us. We'll get you hooked up. But uh, that being said, um, wherever you are, um, be out there, be safe, and uh, have a good week.